Welcome to the Empowered Spirit Show. This is your host, Terry Ann Hyman. I'll explore the connection to the human spirit in a way that helps to navigate your life, including crisis. I am passionate about helping you to open up to your intuition and the metaphysical world of spirit to find your confidence in your own inner guidance. Take a pause, be inspired, learn ways to show up focused, centered, and more dynamic in your everyday life. Welcome back to the Empowered Spirit Show. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining me today. This episode is being brought to you by Forecast Salon, located in Homewood, Alabama. Forecast is a hair salon on a mission to shape a movement in the beauty industry, focusing on education, fashion, and creativity. Forecast strives to train stylists with the latest in education to provide their guests with the latest trends. Follow them on Instagram at Forecast Salon or find them online with their new online store at ForecastSalon.com and check out their latest and innovative styling at Club Forecast Salon on Instagram. As this podcast goes to air, we're heading into another full moon for the summer. This full moon is in Aquarius, a time to expand your horizon, get out of the box you may be finding yourself in, and open up to the deeper parts of your soul, your dreams, your purpose. I'm also back in Teote Tacana, Mexico. Yes, I was asked to accompany a client on this spirit recovery journey at the Dreaming House. Teo is an amazing place. It's full of light and ancient soul energy. It's a place to recover your soul's purpose and to remember who you are. That is what happened with me the first time I was here. It changed my life. It helped me to receive the messages of my soul so that I could open up to my purpose in a bigger way. And I have been following that guidance ever since. It's my greatest joy to help you along this path of your soul's journey. Ready to make over your daily practice, add a few spiritual tools, schedule a complimentary spiritual makeover session with me, and let's chat about how this work can help you. The link will be in the show notes. In today's episode, I have a guest that also looks at soul energy, but in a different way than we've discussed on the show. My guest, Daniel McKinnon, is an animal communicator. She has a new book out about how you can receive the messages your pets want you to know from the afterlife. It was truly a fascinating conversation, and many deep, sensitive topics were addressed. We talked about soul energy, how our pets help us, what happens when they die, how they teach us lessons, and especially all about unconditional love. Before we begin, let's take a moment to pause, breathe, and set an intention for where you are right now. So wherever you are, if you can, close your eyes. Taking a nice deep inhale, breathing up the body. And exhale, bringing that breath all the way down. Slowing down, centering. Inhale, expanding the breath up the body. 
And as you exhale, call all your energy into you. Call it back. Call in your spirit. Feel your spirit aligning right on top of the physical body. Inhaling. And exhaling. Dropping right into the deepest part of your heart. Right into the very center. Feel that connection of your spirit and the greater spirit. Know that you are known. Know that you are loved. Feeling all this energy coming in for you. Calling in the masters, the teachers, the archangels, the crystal beings. Calling in your own spirit guides. And today, let's ask to call in the energy of our deceased pets. Feeling all this energy around you as you take a moment and notice. Notice where you are in this great wheel of life. Here I am, we find ourselves in the season of summer. And as I teach in the direction of the South, where we find that patience for ourselves, amusement, joy, for all the growth coming in, we call in that divine feminine to open up to our deepest desires and dreams. Calling in to the south, the west, the north, and the east, above us, below us, right into the very center, right into that deepest part of your heart, setting an intention for where you are right now. See it, hear it, feel it, know it, and allow the elevated emotions of how you want to feel as these intentions come in to radiate out all around you setting that energy for you inhaling and exhaling all the way down grounding your energy taking a moment opening your heart focusing your third eye and as you're ready blinking the eyes back open coming back My guest today is Daniel McKinnon. She is an animal communicator and intuitive with more than 20 years of experience. She's the Amazon number one best-selling author of Soul Contracts, Find Harmony and Unlock Your Brilliance, and Animal Lessons, Discovering Your Spiritual Connection with Animals. Through her Daniel McKinnon School, Danielle has taught her soul-level method of animal communication and intuition to students from more than 60 countries. Her newest book, The Incredible Animal Afterlife, what Your Pet Wants You to Know is now available and also the subject of our podcast today. So let us welcome Daniel to the show. Welcome, Daniel. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am very excited too. I have not had an animal communicator on the show. And as we were kind of talking about before I hit record, I do teach a lot of people that are interested in learning how to use Reiki for their animals. So I think this is a very fascinating subject. And as we both said, we both love soul energy. So I'm totally fascinated to hear what you have to say. I loved your book. But before we jump in, let's first ask about like, what is your background? What led you to this work? Um, My background is not 
this. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if anybody, can anybody really say this is their background? <laughs> My background is uh, I've always been a sensitive person. Uh, thought that was a problem, was taught that was a problem, was taught don't be sensitive. But it, you really can't, it's very hard to not be sensitive when you're sensitive. That's that, yes. it doesn't really work that way. I heard that all <laughs> so, my life, quit being so sensitive, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I spent a lot of time trying to not be sensitive and be regular. Like it seemed like everybody was around me. Um, it, it didn't work. I was still investigating meditation and mindful eating and all these other things um, while trying to be regular. And then my, um, my dog got sick and my dog was at the vet for four days. We couldn't figure out what was going on. My husband and I were at a loss. We could barely afford the vet bills. We didn't know what to do. And a friend said, um, take her to the pet psychic that's in town. And I had always been taught anything psychic or intuitive or, you know, they're, they're shysters, they're con artists, they're going to take your money. You know, <laughs> I did not grow up in a family that thought this was okay. okay. So um, I though was really interested and hopeful because I had always wanted to work with animals. I loved animals. My heart opens for animals. So immediately I was like, yeah, I'm going to the pet psychic. I grabbed my husband, I grabbed my dog from the vet, and off we went to um, the hotel parking lot where the guy was staying, which I was I was motivated. <laughs> and I received a reading in the parking lot where um, the animal communicator was able to tell me that my dog was sick because she'd been eating corn cobs and she'd been eating corn cobs because she was anxious since my husband and I had been fighting about my mother. Now we've been fighting about my mother-in-law, but it didn't matter. Mother, mother-in-law, that changed my life. There was no way he would have known that. Only my dog would have known that. Only my dog knows what she ate and why she ate it and what's going on in the family. And I immediately knew that this is what I am supposed to do with my life. I was in marketing. I was doing all that. I mean, it was just not my thing. What I, I was good at it, but my heart wasn't in it. And being able to think about connecting with an animal and finding out what they want me to know so that I could help them, that was everything to me. So my motivation was really my my love of my one dog and also my love of all animals. Yeah, it is fascinating, especially when we come from experience. It's kind of like the wounded healer. Like you're going through this, you wanted to understand more and then it clicked, it made sense. So you've written a okay. couple of other books, Animal Lessons, Soul Contracts. What would you to write this book, The Incredible Animal Afterlife? Well, the subtitle is What Your Pet Wants You to Know. And that is actually what motivated me to write this book. So I deal all the time with animals that are alive, animals that are crossed over, and people having all of these emotions and feelings and questions about their animals. And so often people have these questions, but the animals have information they want the people to know about those same questions over and over and over again. So um, people want to know, does my does my pet know how much I love them? You know, the animals want people to understand where they're coming from on these types of questions. And then when animals have crossed over, the 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 questions are even bigger. Did they know how much I love them? Did they know I tried really hard? Did they know that I didn't like so-and-so and I didn't know this was happening with so-and-so? And, and there's so much stuff bundled up in that, that if people can kind of understand the, the bigger picture of what animals are trying to share with them, it actually ends up answering a lot of their smaller questions. Did that make sense? 
Oh, totally makes sense. And, you know, I've always been a big believer that our pets are here to help us with all those emotions. They help us absorb it. I mean, they absorb it from us. I know I know that's what it is for me, and I truly believe they do. And, you know, my work with Reiki, it's like we need to really make sure we're working on our pets as well because they're taking in so much. I know during COVID they took on so much because we had so much more time to spend with them. And we need to make sure that their, their energy is, you know, that they're taken care of as well. So when I moved from New York, all right, I lived in New York 35 years. I came back here, gosh, 12 years ago to help my parents and I brought my cat and my cat I had gotten when I had gone through divorce. And so the kids would go to their dad, be me and my cat. We had another cat and she was my daughter's cat. She'd hide the whole weekend, right? She was like, I don't know about you, but Zorro was, was the cat I got for me. And that cat moved to Birmingham with me. And when I had to put him to sleep, unfortunately, I noticed like, oh my gosh, here I am alone now. And I realized that how much the cat had taken on for me, how much Zorro had helped me. That cat used to sit by me, meditate with me. He'd purr so loud. Oh my gosh, I miss him so much. But the question too becomes too, like when I had to make that decision, I know this is hard for people to have to make that decision, but I mean, I kept, I was giving him insulin shots. I was kind of prolonging him and he was just getting sicker and sicker. And then I found I was getting a little irritated because of how sick he was and, you know, messing up the house. And it's like, at some point you have to like really recognize how does that come into play with all of this? Okay. So I'll share with you what I know. And what I know is from the communications with the animals, the intuitive communications. So, um, it may or may not jive with what other people say, but my experience from the animals is that the animals are planning their passing. They plan when it happens, how it happens, why it happens, where it happens and who is with them. So one of, one of the choices they make is euthanasia as well. And so we think that we are, like you're saying, I, I ended up getting a little perturbed about this, but also I, I knew, you know, there, there was a whole emotional thing going on. Yes. <laughs> so what they're doing from behind the scenes is they're kind of directing you, they're guiding you to feel a certain way, to make certain decisions or not make certain decisions. So that by the time you actually get to the point where you've made the decision, you've made it because they brought you to that place. It's bringing up so much emotion. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Continue though. Yeah. I just noticed like the tears are coming forward. In some ways it feels really good when you realize, wait a minute. I didn't actually have to make that decision on my own. I had my animal there helping me come to this place. And so it can alleviate a little bit of the, did I do it too soon? Did I not do it too soon? Because so many people end up in that place where they're wondering, did I wait? Was I too rushed? Did I do it wrong? But from what they tell me, there there is no wrong. Even when it's a very challenging passing, it is what the animal chose as a way to help those around that animal learn their soul lessons. Ooh, what a beautiful way to look at that. And yeah, that emotion did come up for me. It's like, I don't know, did I feel Zorro coming in or did I feel like an acknowledgement that yes, that message was there and I did do the right thing? I mean, I do know I did. I do. But I think it is a very hard choice for people. I know my daughter with her cat, like before I even, you know, she went off to college, you know, we had the same situation with her cat and her poor little cat like didn't have its legs. It's like, we can't just carry it around. And so I remember her 
I ultimately made it for her, but it was really hers. And so it can be a really hard decision. But I love that concept. And I really don't think I've ever thought about it like that. Like it is a soul contract. Like, you know, just like we have that soul contract with ourself and greater source of we come in, what our contracts is, and then we go out too. And I've never really thought about that. I do think that's really fascinating that our our parents have that choice as well. They're always trying everything they do from what they tell me, they are doing with the idea in mind that it's going to help you. So it, they've, they've shown me that they're here to serve us, to help us grow and evolve, to help us master unconditional love because they've already mastered unconditional love. So they're not being servants. They are in service. So they are having behaviors, they are making us feel certain things, they are exposing us to things to help us learn more about ourselves and become the best people that we can be. And that also happens even in their passing. My dog, um, Kelso, was really sick and he had to have uh, surgery on his spleen. My husband and I said, okay, we don't think it's time. We took him, he had the surgery, and then we um, brought him to the overnight vet so that he could stay there overnight. And, um, I was pretty sure like, okay, he, he was supposed to have the surgery. This is what he wants. Cause I already knew they choose their passing and, and it felt like, no, you're supposed to go through the surgery. We drop him off at the vet. We go home. They call us immediately. And they said, he's seizing. You need to come back immediately. So we jump in the car. Now I'm an animal communicator. I'm connected with him and I'm going, what, what's going on? So as we're driving the half hour drive back, he comes through. I get the hit from him that he wants to pass and I need to trust my intuition. I told my husband, he said, okay, if you're saying that's what it is, then that's what it is. Mm. I called them and they stopped the CPR. And that was a really big deal for me to, in that emergency mm. moment, trust, trust the connection I had with him. We arrived at the vet. We were there for his one last breath. It was very challenging, but what he taught me out of that mm. was to trust my intuition. I had struggled so much to believe that I could do it in a time of turmoil, or I could do it on my own. I could do it for everybody else connecting with their animals, but for myself. So he chose his passing as a way to help me grow in my work and really at the, at the soul level. This is beautiful. It really is because, you know, just reflecting back on that story with Zorro, my cat, there was so much growth and he really, he got me, you know, from New York to Birmingham and, and, you know, just helping me to settle in and interesting, as you said that right after he passed, he passed in April, my dad passed in May. And then from there, I ended up moving in with my mother who had other animals. And so it was like, he almost knew like, okay you're here. Now you have other service to do. And then there were other pets. And one of my dad's little dog passed very quickly after that too. And then my mother was left with one little dog that lasted for a while. Yeah. They're all in cahoots. They must other. be. Yes. Oh I remember those little dogs found the cat when I first came to bring him before I moved in and my place wasn't ready. So I stayed with my parents for about a week and they, they went downstairs and they found the cat, right? They were all surrounding him. My dad had many animals and we used to call him Dr. Doolittle. He had horses. He had dogs. He had birds. He had everything. Fish. I had a little beta fish that I took from him and lasted for a really long time. He used to do a little Reiki on the bowl all the time. But horses are very much in tune too. And I've, there's been a lot of work done with attuning horses to Reiki to work oh, with yeah. children. Very fascinating. 
I've worked with horses and we did um, heart math on the horses as the horses were intuitively choosing their person that they were going to work with for the week. It was incredible. And the really cool thing was I could actually tap into the horse and see where their energy was focusing on which person before the heart math kicked in. And then the heart math, it, it was so wow. for anybody who doesn't know heart math, we were actually monitoring the, the heartbeats and watching the entrainment happen on science through science, but I was doing it just prior via intuition. It was amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. That is amazing that now we have science to measure this. Right. So, you know, as a little girl, my dad raced horses. I was super scared of horses. And at camp, they were forced you to ride them. And I was so scared. I didn't know then. The more I was scared, the more the horse became scared. I didn't have any idea until later on realizing that Patico, that energy became, you know, sympathetic to each other. And now there's two horses left up there. Now it's just like sin love, sin light, calm them down. It's such a beautiful feeling. But but it is amazing how the horses are being trained that way. I mean, all animals, really, they are our companions. They really are. Yeah. They really pay attention to everything. I can wake up on the wrong side of the bed and feel kind of off. And my dog will then be in the bathroom before I even said a word because she knows, Ooh, I don't like Danielle's energy right now. I'm going to give her some space. Cause she knows when I'm off, I need space first. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. My daughter and her um, soon-to-be husband lost their dog several months ago. It was adorable. It was a little mix between a uh, bulldog and a boxer, and it had such personality. It'd get mad. It'd turn around and put his back to order. I mean, she just fell in love with this dog, and it was really hard, and they had to make a choice here, too. And the way that they've been healing has been very interesting because they decided to do a rover where they're like, you know, pet sitting and learning so much about each of the dogs and each of the personalities and really recognizing, you know, the owners and how much that comes into play of the personality of the dogs. It's been really interesting listening to her talk about it and, you know, seeing, I think eventually though they will settle on a dog, but they weren't quite ready to just go out and get a dog. And I think that's important too. Like sometimes we just jump to another dog. How do you see that? What, what do you have to offer about that? So that's a question that a lot of people wonder, how, how am I going to find my new dog? Is it time to get the new animal? And what the animals tell me is that um, you actually contract to have these animals come into your life before you embody into spirit. Mm. So uh, embody into your physical body. So before that, it's kind of like your soul, the animal soul say, okay, I'm going to help you. And you say, thank you. The animal souls are helping us. We're not really helping them because we haven't mastered unconditional love. So when you're on the lookout for your new animal, there's nothing special you have to do other than say, I'm ready because that animal will come to you. It is kind of preordained. It is not decided how important that animal will be but it is decided that that animal is going to come into your life and be with you in some way. Mm. So I, I always look at it like we think we're choosing the animals, but we're not. <laughs> the animals are working what the contract was already in place. That's kind of how we choose our parents, right? I believe that too. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting when that comes into play. You know, I often wonder too, because here I actually have no pets right now. No pets. First time in my life. I guess it's been now several years. Is no it weird? Pets. It is very weird. Yeah. And I do. And I, I live alone. So I really could use a pet, but I also have my healing studio here. And, 
you know, there's some things that are struggling with me to like, oh, I don't know if I could do it. I, you know, it gets in the way. And now I'm starting to travel and start to pick up my life. So I guess I recognize that, okay, they're going to come later and they know that. <laughs> so it's yeah. kind of reassuring. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yeah, I do think about that. And sometimes, you know, I think we wonder, you know, am I ready? Am I not? But I love that, that confirmation that it's there when it's time, it will come forward and they know that. And I can now kind of even too, like rest assured, because I do, I, I love pets and I know the comfort that my cats, you know, and I was a dog person growing up. I really wasn't a cat person. We had dogs. My dad had dogs. We had an outdoor cat later on. I don't think we grew up with them. I was kind of scared of them too. But now I, I I do love them. And I do think they are very important. And again, going back to the idea of the horses and the children, so important. Really, it really is. Yeah. What happens sometimes when people adopt them and then they give them away right away? Like, oh, this dog isn't for me. I've seen that happen sometimes. A lot of people will think that that's because they made a mistake or it wasn't the right animal. But if we look at every interaction we have with every animal as part of our soul's evolution, sometimes we need to learn how to say no, or sometimes we need to learn how to take care of ourselves, mm. or sometimes we need to learn how to put somebody else first. Depending on what the lesson is, that animal is going to come into our life and perform that role, whatever it is. It doesn't make us a bad person if we bring an animal in and then we're like, oh no, that's not right. I have to do it differently. A lot of us don't accept when something's off or we stick with it no matter what, even when it's wrong. And maybe part of the lesson to learn in a situation like that with that animal's help is to listen to that inner voice that is saying, this isn't, this isn't working and it's okay. Take the steps to make it right. I like that because I think I i admit, I think I've had judgment on that. Like, how can you adopt it and <laughs> give it away? But that does make sense. So I think letting go of the judgment on myself of what I think and then of others too that have to do this. I think that's important. I really do. I lived in Port Washington, New York for a long time. There's a great adoption agency there, North Shore Animal League. You might be familiar with it. Yeah. And then they have the animal shelter. And I remember one time bringing in, I, I used to travel, I used to help a, a Tibetan a monk, a, a llama, and he would go and help bless the animals. And that was a beautiful thing that he would do. And he would go, he would ask to go over to like the, the shelter because those are the harder dogs versus the animal. Like we do both, but he always made sure he did that. And I think that was such a beautiful touch that we all need because- there are many dogs that are mistreated, are many animals, not just dogs, but many animals. And that's such a hard subject too. Do you ever get involved with any of that work? So it's something that everybody asks. If animals are planning their passing, if animals are these enlightened beings who've mastered unconditional love, how could they possibly be being abused? And what they've told me is that they are sacrificing themselves to teach us, to help us grow and evolve. And it, it's, mm -hmm. it's, you know, you asked the hard, sucky question <laughs> that I hate talking about because it's such a horrible answer, <laughs> you know, but they're, they're the, at the soul level, they understand, Hey, I've contracted to come here and be in this situation to move people, to help people feel and behave differently and have a different type of compassion and take action differently. Yeah, I, I know. I do ask yeah. the questions. <laughs> but you did talk about this in your book. In fact, I was just remembering this because you did kind of start off talking about like how right now in humanity, there are so many pets leaving and how you compared to that, to where we are in humanity. Talk about that. I do find right now that so many people 
are losing their animals. I, I, I mean, and I don't think it's just the work I do. It, it's it's across the board. Animals are um, leaving. But my understanding is the kind of the next wave needs to come in to handle our next level of what we're working on. I like that. I like that. It's it's a lot for them. Now, you mentioned before that they kind of take on our stuff. like, And I haven't experienced it that they take in our stuff, but I have experienced that they work really, really hard to help us. So if you're somebody who has an animal and you're constantly crying and hugging your animal and crying, that's going to have an effect on them because they're trying to do the work to help you learn how to be self-sufficient or get out of your depression or whatever it is. Um, and it, it does take a toll on them in that way, which is why this kind of new wave of animals actually needs to come in to where they start at a different space. The wave that's here now it has been working for quite a long time on um, helping more people become aware, but we're not there anymore. Look how many more people are aware now versus even like 10 years ago. So now more animals need to come in to work with those of us who are aware. So we start at a different point. Interesting. So just to back up for a moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because I did always feel that our animals took on that excess amount of emotion. So maybe what you're saying is they help us to process and they don't necessarily take it into their bodies. I haven't now I, I totally, and I uh, am a, a Reiki master as well. Um, I haven't experienced it as they tell me that it's being lodged in their body, but they're taking it on as a job versus in their body as an energy that brings them down. So that's how they've shown it to me. So, all right, so-and-so's crying all the time. They're leaning on me all the time. What do I need to do? This is what the animal's saying. What do I need to do to help them grow and evolve, move through this and learn what they need to learn out of this challenging time? So that is a lot of work. Sometimes though, they will choose passing as the method for somebody who's doing that to help that person. It, it, there's no across the board answer. It really depends on what that animal knows at the soul level is going to help that person. I guess imagine the breed too. What about like when you see, like with my daughter, you know, sometimes you'll see these animals that are really bad animals, quote unquote, they're misbehaving animals. And like they're, they're like being guided by the parents. I guess that's a little different than taking it on. It's maybe taking on the behaviors of their, of their parents. What the animals have shown me is that when they're misbehaving, bad, aggressive, or whatever, whatever the problem is, they're doing it so that their people, whoever their people are, can use that to learn from. So that's what I wrote about in my animal lessons book. So uh, a misbehaving animal is trying to bring up in you some type of negative belief that you have about yourself to get you to deal with that negative belief. Mm, fascinating. We have to have a conversation about that book. We can have conversations all day long. <laughs> this is totally fascinating because I really... I know I teach people for Reiki for the pets and how to, you know, meditate with them and sit with them and run energy on them, but I really have never communicated with them. Mm. You know, I do know that I've gotten messages from my animals. And I remember when uh, I had a boxer when the kids were first born and when that dog was no longer around, he, he, I used to feel like it would sit there with me. I'd make jewelry. I used to feel like it would sit there with me. The house would be quiet. I'd look over thinking, God, I just saw him, you know? But I never really got into that communication. So this is just totally fascinating. I really love this conversation. And yes, I do ask the hard questions, but I think 
people want to hear this sometimes, yes. right? Yeah. And your book is really laid out very well. Let's talk about that for a moment. You really do. You give us a how to use the book, a preparation for if they're about ready to cross over, the process of dying, the afterlife, signs from the other side, guilt, grief, how to really work through all of this. And I love that you give all of this information. I think it's really fascinating. I think people can learn a lot from it. Yeah. Tell us your other books was Animal Lessons and Soul Contracts. Very similar. Yes. Yes. Animal Lessons is the one you can use to figure out what your pet is teaching you. And Soul Contracts is learning how to work with your negative beliefs. (laughs) Excellent. Wow. Really fascinating and such a great subject and such a great I think we need it. You know, I think we need to learn how to communicate better. And I think this is part of our evolution. You know, I think at some point people thought, oh, humans are up here and pets are down here. No, we're all equal. And we all have these soul energies that come forward. And it makes sense to me as much as I work in soul contracts that, yeah, they have contracts too. I love that concept. I don't really think I've ever thought about that. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they're they're pretty uh, important to a person's growth. As I see it, when we work with animals, they help us grow and evolve more easily. <laughs> they do. And you know what? A lot of the kids, I mean, I see this with my son. They're like, yeah, mom, I don't think we want children. And in his vows, he vowed to always have a dog in the home. Like, <laughs> right? Like, who does that, right? Like, these are the kids of our generation, right? I mean, of this next generation, right? Pretty fascinating. But yeah, and I think that, you know, many times people are choosing. Pets are their kids, like their kids, and they love them and they work with them and they take care of them. And now there are so many more services available, the dog walk and the dog care, the rovers, you know, right? I mean, we need this, definitely. Yeah, I love it. So many people right now are choosing their their pets yeah. as their kids. Like that's what feels good to them. It makes sense to me too, because the pets are working so deeply and directly toward helping us I want as many animals around me as I can. Yeah, have. my dad had it. Yeah. And to sit here, I think he'd be going like, what are you doing? But I have my hummingbirds outside and I love listening to the birds. But oh, I have hummingbirds yeah. too. There's like 20. Yeah. yeah. My favorite. My yeah, favorite. Yeah. Yeah. One of my feeders just got overtaken by the bees in the neighborhood. So I've got to either fix it or, or move it around somewhere. Yeah. Like all the bees found it. It was so funny. It must be leaking. But anyway. Yeah, maybe I need to go get a little fish or something. You know, who knows? <laughs> I do have a lot of travel coming up. But I do love this conversation and I do think it's really important because our pets do offer us so much love and so much unconditional love. It really is. And I think we need to see it from both perspectives, what we do with them and how they help us as well. So what great work. What is your overall mission with this? With the stuff with the animals on the other side, my mission is to help people understand that they can still have a relationship with their pet, even though their pet has crossed over. I think a lot of people miss that. They feel like it's over, it's done, and they only have their memories. But animals on the other side are sending messages and signs. They want to have a two-way connection. If their people are open to it, the animals are all over it. Yeah, I love that. I love that idea. And it's like, you know, just trust. If you get a message, trust. Don't think it's like, oh, I just made it up. You know, that's how I teach with the Akashic Records. Trust what your soul has to say to you. Trust these lessons. Bring this wisdom in. I think it's really important. Really, I feel like if we communicate with our pets, alive or not, we have the ability to grow and evolve with uh, more ease. I feel like, did you, I, I, I don't know, if you do you ever did you ever watch uh, or play Pac-Man or Miss Pac-Man? Remember those old video games? Um, and you would uh, the little Pac-Man guy would swallow a power pill and suddenly he'd be like going and eating way more of the white dots. I feel like animals are our power pills to our soul's evolution. So our soul growth, like I'm going to learn better 
When I have this animal showing me the way, guiding me, nudging me to where I want to go. And so my overall message would be that if we can look at animals as our uh, teachers versus as victims, as things to rescue that are not going to be okay without human intervention, if we can look at them as everything they're doing is to teach us, I feel like we will do better as human beings. I I do agree with that. Yeah, I really do. And I think it is important. And, you know, I don't know. Do you have an opinion about whether to adopt or whether to go for a breed? I have never adopted. So me personally, I always go for whoever shows up. But again, I believe that the right one will show up. You open yourself to the idea and they will show up. And a lot of the time, even if you don't open yourself to the idea, the right one will show up and then you'll realize, oh, Oh, okay. (laughs) It's time. Yeah. (laughs) So they make it happen. You can try for what you want, but you're going to end up where you're supposed to be. Yeah. I guess if you kind of sit with it and get quiet and just kind of say, okay, you know, where shall I look? Where shall I find that it will come? I like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, such a great conversation. I could keep asking you more and more questions. I know that I have many people that are fascinated about it and want to learn more about communicating. Yes. So tell us where can we find your work and what are you offering? Are you teaching? Tell us more about that. Um, You can find me on my website, daniellemckinnon.com. I did put together a page for your people. Thank you. At daniellemckinnon.com slash empowered spirit. Okay. And I have um, several offers on there for your people. So uh, one of them are five tips to actually communicate with your your pet right off the bat. Another is a link to the book we've been talking about, The Incredible Animal Afterlife. And then the third is a link to my Be Open community, which is like a whole bunch of animal lovers. We get together, we do live webinars, we do practices, people chat with each other. There's um, my practitioners, I, I train, I do a lot of My whole thing is I train people in animal communication. So those who have gotten certified, they come and they offer readings in the group. And we just like, it's hard to find animal lovers who are intuitive and open and have like a group of people to be with. Most of us have typically been spread out all around, (laughs) all around the world. So it's kind of a nice place to bring everybody together. I am also in the, in September, I am uh, doing an uh, online six-week class with live webinars in animal communication, my brand of animal communication, which is soul level animal communication. So that would be a cool way to dip your toe. Oh, I love it. And I already know several people that would be interested for sure. Yeah, I do. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for that. And I will be sure to put that link in there. Yeah. Again, I just love this conversation. And as we go to close, I do like to come back and ask that, you know, the question of how do you feel that this work that you're doing and bringing this work forward with the animal communication can help to empower the spirit right now? As the animals have shared with me, their intention is to help mass consciousness evolve. They're doing it one person at a time, one relationship at a time. So the more we pay attention to that and delve into that, the more we're actually allowing the animals to help us grow and evolve. Yeah. Helping us to grow and evolve, allowing the animals to help us. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Well, Danielle, it's been such a great conversation. Thank you so much for the work that you do and for really helping others to learn how to do this as well. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. To your spirit. Namaste. Yes. As Danielle says, animals are our power pill 
to soul's growth. If we can look at animals as our teachers versus as victims or things to rescue, we ourselves can heal better. They are here to teach us. Animals have incarnated to be of service to humankind. Yes, it is hard to lose a pet, but knowing that you can still communicate with them is so comforting. Check out Danielle's books and her work. And if you need help to tap into your own soul's work, schedule a spiritual makeover call with me. And let's talk about how you can connect with the messages your soul has for you. Thanks again for listening. This is your host, Tara Ann Hyman, to your spirit. Namaste.